Welcome to the Shit This Now podcast. I'm Matt Donnelly. I'm Tim Malloy. This is the podcast where every week we talk about a story that we think should be made into a movie. And this week we have a very special guest. Ah, ah Beatrice Verhoeven, film reporter at The Rat. Hi, Beatrice. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Willkommen. And he said that because I'm from Germany. And you I guess that's Germany. relevant. Yeah. I, I don't think it's not. I don't think it's irrelevant. <laughs> It's fine. We don't see borders or anything in this. Because guess what? Hollywood has a huge international market. So there you go. On the Shoot This Now podcast, which is about potential films. But also, you have no German accent whatsoever. True. How? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just really gifted. Just kidding. I I went to international school um, from a very early age. But they give you a non-regional dialect. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. They teach you how to speak in transatlantic, like it's not the 1930s. Transatlantic accent, my favorite accent. We should do the whole podcast. If you guys didn't know, these two are really good at accents. We try. Better than I am. We're not. Um, There's a reason Beatrice is here, uh, not just because we like her or she works in the same office as where we we record the podcast. Because we don't. Because we don't. We recorded at a palatial studio in Malibu. Actually, we're at David Foster's house. David? (laughs) David? Can we have some tea? Can I have a cold brew? Nitro. He's, so, he's very difficult. I don't know who that is. David Foster is the record producer who had like seven wives. Oh, okay. Gigi and Hadid. Is, and is now like 60 and dates Catherine McPhee, who's like 28. Oh, cool. Which is, congratulations, you two love is love. Uh, happy, happy um, the heart day, wants what it wants. <laughs> um, so, B, tell us about this thing yes. that you've been telling us about for a couple of a while. It's been sort of your obsession. I feel like it's all I talk about ever, <laughs> like, to be honest. It's like I meet someone new, I'm like, have you heard this story? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, you guys have been following it as much as I have, but in August is when it kind of started. Um, this BuzzFeed writer, Adam Ellis, kind of started this thread called Dear David, where he, on Twitter, just like explains his experience of this kid, this dead kid ghost haunting him. And... It's crazy how the following he's amassed. He now mm-hmm. has almost a million followers. People like freak out when he starts tweeting. He's like, for example, he'll go like, I thought it was over. And everyone's like, oh my God, he's back. Zero mm-hmm. David's back. It's insane. Um, and I've kind of told you a little about it. And you also panicked Yeah, I got well. I got really into it as well. And just to sort of further explain what's, what's amazing about it is, is that it's, Adam posits this is actually happening. So I think there's a, there's a big online debate that it, whether, it's, whether it's real or not. But basically what it is is it's a series of tweets that always come in bursts of content, photos, videos, where this guy, who's just a regular young guy living in New York, has strange occurrences in his apartment. He has two cats, and he's a straight guy, which is weird. Sorry, that's just weird to me. Wow. Um, straight what, guy with what, two cats. Just so we can be clear, what type of person should have two cats? I could see Let's like a, a gay gentleman with two cats or a couple having oh. two cats, but a straight guy with two cats is weird to me. I'm sorry. And you know what? At me if you have a problem with it. Um, Definitely Be- at Beatrice's but. face right now is... Per- I wish we could just memify it. I'm just like, it's like, it's like so you're telling me, and also Adam is cute, and I, I think he's straight, I don't know if he's straight for sure, but Adam is cute, and if you meet Adam, and he's like, oh hey, I got us this Soylent Green tickets, like, and then you go back to his apartment, and he has two cats, you're not weirded out by that? I mean, I'm just not a cat person Cats are general, gross, yeah. You know? Yeah, cats are gross. Cats are gross. Anyway. Anyway, so, shoot, this now is pro-dog. It's um, a pro-dog podcast. Anyway, so th- it's a series of co- it's it's always these mini it's almost episodic. The tweets are almost episodic in, in what goes on. Um, the cats behave strangely. Um, he hears a couple of noises. He has problems sleeping. He's having graphic dreams. And essentially, 
what he pulls through over months is this narrative of you this sort of kid. get the idea that there's a dead boy. Who has half his head missing. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, who uh, some terrible accident befell. But then, just like a great horror movie, um, I always remember the, the tagline for Insidious is so funny because it's so absurd, where it's a picture of a little boy with like a demon, I don't know, clawing out of his mouth. And the, and the logline is, it's not the house that's haunted. Mm. Like, so Adam is basically that's suggesting true. that, this, that this spirit is, a, is hooked into him somehow. Yeah, because he and moved. And following, following him everywhere. Right, yeah. he moved apartments. Or he moved like from the bottom apartment to the top apartment. He also went to home for like, the holidays. He went to Japan. Yeah. Where? Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. The ghost followed him. And like, the ghost. Yeah. Country? He keeps seeing things that remind him like or, or a conjure statue yeah. of dear David in Japan. Whoa. Yeah. And that that makes him realize that this thing has is, hooks in him. Somewhere. Yeah. And at the, you know like as the time progresses, it becomes clear that dear David has kind of taken over. Adam, as opposed to is just around. Yeah, him. it's sort of it's sort of headed in that direction that he might be leading to up to a possession of some kind. Uh, and the other thing that's really upsetting about it is, is that he he is he's very distressed. Yes. Like uh, most of the tweets are like, I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of my rope. He said that he had some mediums come in, but he didn't want to document it because he he doesn't want to exploit himself and Whoa. doesn't want to be a sideshow. Which I kind of think is a way to say, no, this is real because look, I have dignity. Um, I think it's, uh, first of all, I think it's fictional, but I think it's brilliantly done. It is. Like, he has pictures of this kid moving towards him while he sleeps. Like, I guess he set up a camera, and then you see this picture of Dear David standing on top of him, and he describes feeling this, like, pressure on his chest and waking up and just having, like, paralysis. Yeah, we should mention that. There are actual photographs of what looks like a translucent spirit, and, and, and when he first uploaded them, the first series of David pictures, they went viral. Mm-hmm. Wow. The Daily Mail put them on the front of the website. Like, yeah. it was, like, it really sparked international debate, I yeah. think, as to whether it was real or not, and he's had a couple more... Um, and, and it seems to be getting more um, vivid, the doll, or whatever he's using to as David's surrogate. Like, it, it's getting a little bit more realistic, which yeah. I think is part of his plan, too. To But it's also just very interesting. Like, he, he has this green chair in his apartment. While he was gone for a weekend, he saw the green chair move on the camera he set up. And then, you know, he'll be walking to work, and he'll see this abandoned warehouse. He'll peek in, and the green chair is there. Or, mm-hmm. you know, he'll... He'll peek into this other warehouse and he sees just like, like another dear David, like thing. Yeah, thing. it's it's all what he's what's brilliant about it, whether it's real or not, is is that he finds amazing ways to take the most innocuous things that happen in his apartment and correlate them to the real world. Like he sketched David from a dream, and then when he was in Japan, he saw almost an exact replica in in a mass statue. Of like, human which bodies, is actually, just the best magic trick ever. It really is. It's it's so. It, it, if this is indeed fake, which I, I think it is, it's incredibly planned. It's incredibly well executed. And even like think about the devicey, the narrative devices. He said he downloaded an app that takes a, an exposure that takes a, a photo every sixty seconds, yeah. and then you, it's basically a digital flip book. So he's making you a stu- He's making a study him. He's making us students in Dear David because you have to go find the context clues yourself. And this episode is brought to you by that app. Yes, exactly. Which he, but he doesn't name it, which is even more fascinating. And like even he found a crawl space. There's a crawl yes. space where he kept hearing, he, he, keep, he keeps hearing noises above his apartment. Don't ruin and it for I won't ruin what he finds there, but it also ties into the narrative. But like he had to special order a pole 
to open this hatch in the crawl space, like the <laughs> largest ending pole, and he like tweeted a picture of his Amazon purchase. Like it, there, there seems to be a really preternatural understanding on his part of what the audience needs to suspend its disbelief. And it's working. You know I, mean, what I mean, literally, like I said, as soon as he tweets, like here we go again. There's like thousands, hundreds, and thousands of comments. Like people are retweeting that. Like yeah. it's insane the following he's gotten, and you know, like. For me, someone who believes in the supernatural, right. you know, I was very, very intrigued by this until recently when I realized, eh, okay, things are getting a little out of hand here. Um, but it's just insane. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I tweeted about this myself, and I got a lot of, like, shady comments back that I was making this up, but... Because I believe so much in it and because I was so invested in this story, I had Dear David come to me in a dream. What? Really? Yeah. yeah I was what? home yeah, in Germany this, yeah. and I was sleeping in my bed and I just felt this tug like on the blanket. What? Kind of like a tug of war, you know, when you're fighting with someone for the blanket and I roll over and he's laying next to me in bed. What? And I'm not making this up. Like, why would I? Wait, I just yeah. had a very happen? vivid dream. This was over Christmas when I went home. Okay. So real quick, Matt thinks this is fake. Do you think this is real? I did until recently, until I think his last entry where he was at a brunch and yeah. he uploaded this photo that just looks so so fake. I like I lost it. Completely. Yeah, there was early on. There's a there's a there's a series of tweets about him hearing a noise on the other side of the door, and then he takes a he takes a photo genius. of the peephole. Like, give me a fucking break. He takes a photo of the people, <laughs> and there is an outline of David's half face in the people. <laughs> so he did something similar recently where David, I guess, invades his Snapchat story, and it's like a digital blur that he screen grabs, but it's really poorly done. Yeah, Which is also weird because me. he has a quality standard that has begun to slip, I think. So I don't know if he's oh. getting closer to a revelation or like whatever else this is, if he can't do it anymore. Um, but his pattern is he'll go offline for weeks. And then I'll come back in the middle of the night with a series of tweets and an update that's really upsetting. Right. And yeah. it's it's a huge phenomenon. I mean, everyone I tell mm -hmm. about it, like when I told you about it, I was like, did you yeah. hear about this story? You're like, no. And I told right. you literally a By the way, second. related but not related to your dream thing, I, I think I need to see somebody and get help for this. I had this thing happening to me more frequently over the last year where in the night, or, or even it's, and it's usually right when I'm about to wake up. Like, you know when you come out of REM sleep and yeah. you're sort of like hearing the world? It's usually then. I'll get a cramp or I'll get oh. some kind of discomfort and then my subconscious will fill the space or, or accommodate that feeling with some kind of dream narrative. Like, Ooh. I got a cramp in my shoulder and then I dreamt that there was like a rat or something biting me and I couldn't get it off. And I woke up screaming. Isn't that lucid uh. dreaming? But I don't know if the cramp happened first, and then my subconscious made a story to justify it, but I felt like I couldn't move and I couldn't breathe. Like, it was awful. And I, I woke up to the sound of my own yelling. Ugh. And I wonder what that is. I is it mental illness? <laughs> I, I kicked somebody yes. in a dream a little while ago and you actually did? kicked the side of the bed. <gasps> no and way. Then, and then Deirdre goes, what was that about? <laughs> like, from a dead sleep, she goes, like, what was that Deirdre about? Deirdre McCarrick like, is Tim's mind. wife, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, so, Pete, you... This is not your first rodeo with a ghost. No. Are you willing to talk about it on our I podcast? Mean, you, don't have to. you guys are just all you guys listening are just gonna think I'm full of it, but you know, I've had experiences in my life I thought that my anyway. friends have too. Yeah. Um where, you know, like I'll see stuff or weird stuff will happen like in college. 
I had weird stuff happen. My friend has said that she woke up with a guy at the foot of her bed in a rocking chair mm. and then drinking water, and she would wake up the next morning and the water glass was sitting That's there. A great question I have is it's Whoa. sort of like how people say that Harvey Weinstein ruined bathrobes. Who still buys a rocking chair? Yeah, They're just fucking creepy. They're just creepy. I mean, to be honest, though, I was just in Park City skiing, and we had a rocking chair in our cabin, and I spent the most time on that thing. And <laughs> it was wood. It was, like, not comfortable, but it was pretty soothing. But Beatrice is on the side of the powerful Actually, rocking chair my, lobby. My, grand, um, my grandmother used to have a rocking chair, yeah. and when I first saw it, I was like, this is the best thing <laughs> on earth. It's like when you're little, and there's a porch swing, and you're like, yeah. what the f- Oh, my God. <laughs> when, you, when you live on a plantation... In Mississippi, and then someone oh drinks and your ki- and your kitchen has a half window that pie is cool on. Yeah, um, and people walk by, and you're like, "Going to the town." <laughs> yeah, that's the best. That's my favorite. We're getting again, a piggly wiggly. We're getting a piggly wiggly this month. But um, yes, I mean that's why. Why are we romanticizing the antebellum South? It's such a <laughs> we, random tangent. Like, like, we, what else is new? We want, we want like the porch thing is good. We like the tea. The tea is great. Uh, can we change a lot of other things? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't like the dynamic between, you know what, let's not even, yeah. No, nope, moving on. Just let's focus on the positive. Great tea. Back to ghost tea? stories. Back to, to ghost yeah. stories. Yeah, we'd rather talk about ghosts. This yes. is the most American thing ever. We'd rather talk about ghosts than and race relations. Yeah. <laughs> so, ghosts. Yeah. So, but yeah. That's why Don't I, take me to the sunken that's place. That's why I um, believe in this stuff. Just because I've had so many weird unexplicable things. I'm not saying it's like a freaking ghost, but yeah. it's been unexplicable, inexplicable. So that's why this story, I think, drew me in. Yeah, I think also, if you ask anybody, really, ever, I think there's, uh, you'd be very hard-pressed to find someone who hasn't had an experience they think is either supernatural or could be potentially supernatural. Have you? No. <laughs> no, um, no, uh, no, I guess not. Sounds like a solid no. I mean, I'm just thinking like, but there's like, but then there are moments of like incredible coincidence right. in my life that, because Supernatural doesn't have to be something insidious. You know what well, I mean? It doesn't that, have to be, get my callback to that movie Insidious by Blumhouse. That's, um, that's just Facebook overhearing your conversations and then sending you ads for the So you think you I'm stuck about. in the system. You think it's a Black Mirror kind of thing. Yeah, ha- actually, you going to tell that, me about imagination theory next? No, have you um, heard that theory? I forget who just posted it on Twitter, mm-hmm. but the theory is that um, the world was destroyed 20 years ago and since then ah. it's just a computer program. No way. But occasionally there's glitches in the computer program. Oh, and we can my. see... The real world. Yeah, and then things like get peeled back. Oh, I want to give that guy credit. I'll find it and I'll put it oh. in the show notes. Um, so I don't think that supernatural has to be something like a ghost in an attic. There, are, there are moments of great saying. coincidence. There are moments of great like, like if I like sliding doors kind of moments too. Because I always love a chance to bring up Gwyneth like, Paltrow. Wasn't there a but story? like if you, I, if I had gone someplace five minutes before or five minutes after, you know, and yeah, also yeah. sometimes like self prophecy, I think it, it is supernatural too. There was a story that these two people from halfway across the world knew had the same dreams. Whoa! And they would happen, and then they like found each other and they talked about it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this happened in our dream," and it was like. How do you explain Would they that? Dream of each other? Yeah. That's beautiful. Weird. And it was like halfway across the world and they actually met each That's other. That's our next shoot this now idea. Was that a that was a real thing that happened? Yeah. That's awesome. I forget where I heard it. It was like some conversation I had, I think, at Sundance with someone, but wow. it was a really, really crazy story. Yeah. Was it the same guy who came up with Dear David and did you feel like he was riffing? <laughs> 
Was he like spitballing? Well, like, I what actually, if? I actually have never met Adam, and I would love to. I would love to meet Adam Because I would love too. to hear yeah. about Adam. His... I'm sorry I said that about your cats. You're, you're, you're a handsome guy. Adam, I would can meet you? you. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into who should, who should do the film and or who should do something with this, uh, I was just going to mention um, lore. Oh yeah, I think has a lot of similar stories like these. The uh, the Amazon it's, it was a podcast that Amazon made into a television mm-hmm. show or tele or sort of illustrated as a TV show. And it reminds me of that story about um, I think it's an urban legend, but or, or now it's like a folk legend. Um, two sisters who are like unnaturally close, mm. not in like a sex way, in like a connection way. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one thought one sex died. <laughs> I said unusually close. Thank you for fucking Maybe analyzing me, Tim. Do you see how he talks to me on this thing? Are you guys like, allowed to swear the... on this? <laughs> The president of podcast gave us a special dispensation to swear three oh, times every episode. Good. Because <laughs> yeah, I've been that holding back. <laughs> no, I didn't appreciate that. Anyway, these unusually close sisters, one dies, and the other one has a dream of her trying to claw her way out of her coffin, because she's been buried after her, oh obviously. And she insists that the townsmen come and, and, and exhume her, because she's convinced that she's alive. And they open the casket, and she's dead, but her fingers are nubs uh, from having uh, scratched. So... Like that, <laughs> yeah. See, because you told me that, because you, here's what you did. What? You inceptioned that idea into my head, and now the next time someone I know dies, I'm going to wake <laughs> up screaming. We have to go save them right now. Maybe that's how it all starts. Maybe they, that's And maybe you'll save that person, start. Tim, and I'm a genius, and supernatural coincidence is real. That would be so awesome. What if, what if that was the twist in the story, that they really were there? Yeah. <laughs> Also, can I can I talk about something? I don't know if I should talk about this out loud. But we're what? talking about dogs. Yeah. Um, my dog is extremely old. I know. Oh no. I have never said this out loud. Oh boy. I love him. He is the greatest. He will. You live say it all eternally. the time. Oh yeah. He will live forever. But I have superstitious. You know what? I'm not even going to talk about. No, say it. it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Okay. I have superstitiously. Use not, your content. Not Exploit Googled. your life for content. I have not Googled what to do when oh, your dog moves on yeah. because I honestly have no idea, and I have no idea what I'm going to do. Like I'm gonna freak. I know you are out. gonna freak out. And also, what's hard is that we live in such a metropolitan city. Because I know what has to happen. You know, you have to bury him. I'm so sorry to say it. Or, well, or you no, can you cremate. Have, right? You can cremate him. I did both. Yeah. Like I've had a few dogs that have passed away, and we did both. We buried both of ours in our backyard. But I grew up in suburbs of Philadelphia. Like yeah. it was huge. Like you just dig a hole. That's what you did. So I just dig a hole behind my condo and just you, tell in them. In the middle you, of LA. You dig yeah. a hole. At the botanical, at the tar pits. <laughs> Dude, that would be a great place. That would, that would be, so be a rad. great place, oh actually. Oh my god, it would like no, I can't even no, that's no. I, no, I would like to no. go. You draw the, the line at tar pits. I would like to go in the tar pits. You know what comes up in the freaking tar pits? You want? That's such a James Cameron Wait, thing. Let's what? take a bubble inside the tar pits. What? What? comes in the tar There's like dinosaurs in there. Yeah, you know what they found there, right? No. No, what? They, no, there's like dinosaur stuff and yeah. just like really, really ancient it's things. Like a, it's, oh, yeah. it's like a channel to a dark part of this no, earth no. that we should not have Do access to. Do you want to. Bugsy to show up in like 2,000 years yes, in the that's awesome. tar pits? Yeah. Well, we're not, we're not using his name because that, that you know, so now, that's tempting fate. And now that if anything happens, you'll know it's her fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And so I'm gonna wake up screaming that I have to go <laughs> dig him out. Of, you can bleep of it out as if I sweared, but wow. Um, okay. So, I did think at one point because naturally my mind turned to entrepreneurship. Of course. And I thought there should just be an app where, like, if something happens to an animal in your house, you just like press the button and they like show up, no questions asked, exactly. and take care of it, and totally. they like, give you a hug. 
Oh. They're just like the nicest people. Yeah. Wait, put a trademark on that right now. You think it's my my No one take it from Tim. My one of my okay. best friends, Stephanie, had a huge his name is Jasper. What are they? Gray? Big huge Gray? no. Wammeringer. My yes, dog. I think they suck. I have a scar on my stomach from a Weimaraner. Do you? They're he the worst. Was, he was the, the sweetest worst. dog, though. No, it's not a Weimaraner. What was oh. he? Big, bulldog, <laughs> like big. Pimple? No. Uh, Rottweiler? No. Bear. It was, bear. It was a it's small a wolf. Okay, all right. Um, anyway, he was a huge dog, and he died, and, and they brought this mobile van up to, to give him what's called the pink juice. They gave him, you know, they euthanized him. Whoa. Um, they had to do it in the yard, but they lived in Laurel Canyon. It was very beautiful, and it was, like, you know, kind of hippie-ish and great. Um, and the doctor who came to do it was so good-looking mm-hmm. that she was so sad, and I'm like, this is really inappropriate, but the doctor's so hot. And she's, <laughs> and she's like, oh he, she's like crying, and she's like... <laughs> He's so hot. <laughs> like, that's all we could talk about. It really just, I think, and I think what the service really is, is they send someone very good looking to distract you from the horrible loss. That's not the worst idea I've ever heard. No, heard. it's not. When my, when my wife's dad died years ago, I'm not laughing at that, obviously, but the guy, they were dealing with one doctor for a long time, and then when he actually died, this guy came in who looked like Rob Lowe, and oh, was yeah. like so incredibly thoughtful, and just like kind and said all the right things, oh and they like was it actual Rob Lowe? That sounds like something Rob Lowe would do. It wasn't. It wasn't him. And then he just like walks out, and they never saw him again. And they were all like, <laughs> they had the same reaction. They were like, that guy was so good looking. Do you think the hospital just <laughs> employs him to just Wait, break bad and news? And then someone's like, you see his picture on the wall. He's been dead for a hundred years. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> We just brought that full circle. Okay, Beatrice, circle, yeah. to you. Dear David, <laughs> what also, do you mean? The I Rob just, Lowe nurse was from the 1940s. Say, yeah. Dear David, like, basically what Adam says is when you say, Dear David, you are starting a conversation because that's Ugh. the only way you can address him. And Ugh. you have two questions. Yeah, so you let's can't, you not can't ask, ask him, You can't ask him a third question, apparently, because then you die. And you need to preface okay. it with Dear yeah. David, otherwise you die. What are the two questions? He asks... Dear David, how are you, or what happened to you? What happened to you, yeah. And then <coughs> I think, like, or Dear David, did you die? And then Dear David, how did you die, or something? And then he asks the third question, which isn't allowed and doesn't preface it with Dear David, and that's when everything goes crazy. Wow. Everyone should follow Adam Ellis, by the way, yeah. because his stories Let me, are I'm going to check his account right now and see if there's anything <coughs> updated. But Beatrice, what do you see this as? Is this a film or a television show? It should uh, actually. That's a really good question. I mean, I always saw it as the movie. Mm-hmm. <gasps> There's can a video I, from 12 hours ago. Can I throw out a thing? There's from a video. Oh There's a video from 12 hours oh ago. Oh boy. Hold on. I'm it's gonna talk cat. until it's ready. You tell right. me the minute it's okay. ready. I was thinking first episode of the show. Yeah. He like goes through this whole thing with the apartment and everything happens and like the cats freak out and then he moves out at the end and you're kind of like, oh, I guess. You know, they covered everything in the pilot. There's nothing else mm. to do here. Right. And he's like visiting his parents somewhere far away, and then he sees, sees dear David. <sighs> David. I just and realizes that's when he realizes it's been yeah. following him. I think it's. I mean, it's been happening for four or five months now, since August. I feel like, I don't know. I just always saw it as a movie, and I think the perfect like person to pick it up would be Jason Blum. Yeah, Blumhouse yeah. would do a great job with it. But also too, I think that the wait, can the you explain Jason Blum for people yes. who may not know? Jason uh, Blum is a horror super producer. Yes, and obviously Blumhouse Productions. Um, is I mean, name even a couple. It, the Insidious the franchise, The Purge. Yeah. Um, not The Conjuring. No, that's New Line. That's yeah, New sorry. Line. 
uh, Jason produced uh, Get, Out. Get Out. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, any any horror movie, like low budget that mm -hmm. you can think of, yeah, that's he's Jason. He's also famous for bringing in movies with absolutely no budget, and then they make hundreds of millions of mm -hmm. dollars worldwide. So that's why he's super successful. Yeah, and um, he knows exactly what he's doing. But I, a point I definitely wanted to make is I saw a movie, a movie in Sundance that um, Sony Worldwide bought, and I, I think will make a lot of waves when it releases. It's called Search. Mm. And basically John Cho, lovable little John Cho, is uh, his daughter goes missing and he finds her using all of her accounts, Gmail, Facebook, Ooh. and the entire film plays out on a computer screen. Mm -hmm. oh, and they good. get a little creative with like FaceTime and GoPro and like, you, but you only see this movie through the interface of a computer. It sounds kind of like that movie um, Friend Request. Friend, hmm. But that was like, that, that didn't take place. I mean, that used Facebook as a narrative yeah. device, but this like literally, the movie starts by booting up a computer and it ends when it shuts down. So, you don't go into the real world. So I think that the Adam Ellis tweets of it all would be a great narrative device in this as too, mm -hmm. I think. That's such an awesome idea, but I wonder if it doesn't make more sense as something that you watch on a computer. Like if it isn't better as like a really great web YouTube series? video or web yeah. series. Yeah. yeah, that's and, a great point. And then for B, I wanted to ask like, is a movie the right format for the story or has he already found the right format? Like, is it already perfect? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, like I said, I've always envisioned it as a movie just because it's like you get so invested. I don't think that I would want to the movie to be, or the story to be broken up in however many episodes. Mm -hmm. I think I just want to find out what happens. And like, I also think like A24 would be great. They're, yeah. they're like racking up with horror movies. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, well, and it could go really, it could go really highbrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, and go, I it doesn't have to be like a uh, cheap thriller thing. It could be like, you know, a very like, you could bring an entire narrative about like what is childhood, what it, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And obviously yeah. we don't know yeah. how it ends yet. I don't, even if it is yeah. fake, which is, you know, like we said, a huge debate on right. Twitter. We don't know. I don't even know if he knows how to end it. Right. Like, you know, does right. Adam get, you know, does he beat this demon? Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really great story. Like, I don't. I can't think of one that's very similar to it. Like obviously, there's been so many demon or child possession movies right. or whatever, like Insidious, like you were saying. Yeah, it's not the house that's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> Which in this case is true as well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I feel like Jason Blum would be perfect to produce this. Do you think Jason? we could get five-year-old Barry Keoghan? to play <laughs> the kid. That's such a good call. Do you guys know who that is? Yeah. He's, he's from he's the Killing Canadian. of a Sacred Deer. Killing of a Sacred Deer. He Terrifying little such guy. A good, we interviewed he's so him at Sundance. Yeah, he's, oh, you actually, did? he's the lead of American, American Animals, Animals, and he's great in that film, too. What's yeah. he like? He's he just great. has that face, though, <laughs> that just looks like fucking terrifying. Well, because it's like a very... Sorry, can, Barry, that's, do, how you, that's why you're getting work. It's because he can do very flat expressions. Yeah, but make them seem poignant in some way. I don't know who would cast. Mm. Well, I was saying we were talking earlier, and I think like if Kyle Chandler was a little younger, I think he'd be perfect for Adam. Yeah, no, Adam's mm. like in his thirties. Yeah, so Kyle is so a little would be too like, old. It would be like um, for some, I don't know for some reason Rami Malek just popped into my head. I no, think he's too. I think he's too soft looking. Huh. In soft. The face. Like just Rami Malek is hard as butt. No, okay. Um. Uh. That Who else? I mean, I think that Shia LaBeouf should be a dark-haired guy, white guy, and everything. No, right? it um, needs to be someone I love Shia. with really I stand dark Shia. hair with a very. He has a very like yeah. nice. He looks Portlandish. Chopped beard, like very angular, mm -hmm. and just very like. Yeah, he does look Portlandish. Sorry, Adam, yeah. if you're not, but um, we don't know. You know what you're going for, Adam. What's yeah. not, this is not up for debate. Portlandish. 
But I also think, like, obviously, um, if the Sixth Sense kid was still his age from Sixth Sense, yeah. that would be good, but... Oh, he's still totally around. Yeah, but he's, he's on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Now. And Stay Silicon up. Valley. Oh, no, he's not on Always Sunny. Is he on Always Sunny? <laughs> yeah. Why he's on think Silicon that? Valley. I think I just think of those two shows in like the same comedic like like enjoy it makes zone. Sense. Yeah. And we had so both. that I totally because Always Sunny is losing a cast member, potentially, possibly oh. he may be back. Um, Which one? Glenn Howerton, but he said that he may come back. Why are they losing? Oh, because yeah. oh, he's doing that terrible AP Bio show. That show's dope. I'm sure it's dope, but there's no way that's lasting. Um, Sorry, I don't know. But I think because like one of the shows that I like that's kind of like a dark, weird, comedic show is losing the person, I imposed another person onto it, and that person, I imposed the person who's filling in at Silicon Valley as the person who will fill in at Always Sunny, <laughs> which is like how dreams work. Like, do you ever like, like, okay, yeah. And I'm the in this point forest. is, Tim Glenn Howerton is buried alive right now, scratching I, his way yeah, out of the coffin, yeah, and you Glenn, have to go save Glenn him. Glenn Howerton is my yeah in a jar. Um, she is. But don't you do that in your dreams where you're like, oh, yeah, it was that parking lot, but it's actually my house when I was a kid. Like, oh. you'll put, like, the geography of certain places yeah. on top of each other, or you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, it was a forest, but actually yeah. it was... And it's because Leo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy did a kick within a kick within a kick okay. in your dreams. Yeah. Sorry, that's an Inception joke. I actually had an Inception dream last night. It's funny that you mentioned that. Like, literally last night... I, my plan worked for you to embarrass yourself no, in this I podcast? No, I had a dream that I moved back to my old apartment, but... In my dream, after I woke up in my old apartment, because I was like, I regret this. Why did I do this? I woke up, and it was all a dream, and I moved back to my other place. And so this morning, when I woke up at 7, I was like, oh, I had a dream within a dream of moving wow, around. Do you think, what do you think it represented? Well, I definitely want to move right now, so maybe that's yeah. why. Mm-hmm. Shots you know fired, landlord. You know what? I'll tell you what a dream has been, having Beatrice on Shoot This Now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Maybe we should replace one of us with Beatrice. I mean, maybe we should. Maybe I'm his available. name is Tim Malloy. I'm available. <laughs> I mean, one of us. Definitely. <laughs> the one that I'm looking at. <laughs> I mean, Matt's been very, like, weirdly nice to Amazing. me. Amazing. So... Oh, yeah. As soon as I put this mic down, I'm yeah. going to throat punch you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wish I you guys you. knew about our relationship because it's one for the books. So I think We're I'll write friends. a book one day. Maybe, ooh, maybe we'll make a movie about our relationship. Ooh, maybe we should. Oh. <gasps> And it'll be starring Chris Hemsworth and Gwyneth Paltrow. No, I'm not. No, Gwyneth does not look like me. It has to be Blake. Yeah, it should be like um, yeah. Ricky Lake. Wait, are you? Are you, are you <laughs> did you become friend? Did you become friends with B because you're like, sure, reminds me of Paltrow. No, <laughs> but I mean, I, if I work hard and believe in myself, everyone can like my, remind me of Paltrow. No, you don't. It's the thing where people people go so much by yeah. like hair color right. and like. If you have glasses, like every, remember in like 2008, where like every woman with brown hair and glasses, they were like, "You look like Tina Fey." Or yeah. Like, you oh my look god. Like Sarah no, Palin. that's and a great. Like, that's no, a great um, 30 Rock joke where someone the guys are trying to hit on Jenna Maroney and, and Liz Lemon's there, and they're like, um, "You look just like Jessica Simpson." And she's like, "You could put a blonde wig on a ferret, and it would look like Jessica Simpson." <laughs> and Jessica Simpson would think you two are gross. Like, <laughs> but it's true. People just automatically. Yeah, it's like you have if you have a remotely similar attribute, they're like, oh my god. Another very amazing thing about Matt Donnelly is that he randomly knows every single quote of every single TV show, also yeah. every Beyonce lyric. Like yeah. that's true. I there's songs that I haven't, I would never even know yeah. what what she's saying, and yeah. I am haunted by the ghost of a four year old gay boy <laughs> who retains all this cultural information and spits it back out to me. Can we really quick to tie this up? Sure. Um, 
just say who's going to play these characters in this wonderful two-hander about a ghost and the man who's haunted by him. Yeah. Maybe Barry Keegan as a four-year-old would I be I think good. he's the right age. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just said I think he's the right age and before you said four-year-old, and I'm like, no, I sound like I think that that's true. Um, I think that Tom actor? Brady's 11-year-old kissy son should be dear David. No, I'm kidding. You, isn't he like 10? Yeah. I know, I think that David has to be CG. I don't think that's an actor. Guys, who are the best four-year-old actors now? Who are the hottest four-year-old actors now? I mean, Blue Ivy Carter. (laughs) Uh, Blue Ivy Carter. So much much going on with her right now. I mean, she's not tech available. Do I dare throw (laughs) Northwest in there? Yeah, I mean, Northwest would be... I mean, she would have to like do a G.I. Jane and shave her head. But I think for the right part, she would do it. Play a male ghost. Yeah, (laughs) or Penelope Disick. She's so cute. She's so cute. Is that Do you know any celebrity children, Tim, at all? Is that Scott Disick's <gasps> Wait, child? is there are the Joel how old are the Knox and Vivian? Jolie Pitt. Oh, geez. That's ready to happen. And Actually, you, that and would then be perfect. Could, and then because there are two of them, you would skirt the child labor laws and you could do a tighter shoot. Wait Genius. a minute. Okay. Let's so see their age. So Knox and Vivian, Jolie Pitt would be David. And, Angelina and who could would direct. be Adam? Yes, Angelina could direct it. Oh, they're eight. We can, I mean, we I think, can CGI I think if Krasinski fine. was 15 years younger, he'd be perfect for it. And we used him for our uh, weird sex. We did. Yes. You all, and this you knocked me for bringing up actors multiple times. They're busy for a reason. This <laughs> is yeah, David. That is David. Look, look at Knox. That's David. Wow. All right. So Knox. Knox, Jolie Pitt. Pitt is going to play and, David. And Ghost. Vivian can be your stand-in. Perfect. I mean, Mary Kate yeah. Ashley did that for Fuller House. So true. House so true. Then. And uh, Co- Cole and Dylan Sprouse. You tell me who Adam Ellis is. Don't think about it. Who is it? Who is it? Uh, Come on, Mr. Zanuck. Portlandish. Now I can only think of John Krasinski, but it wouldn't work. Mm. Oh, wait. What about... He's got to be somebody who... What about think a Hot child... Pants from Stranger Things? Rage Case. Your friend. Who? Come Rage on. Case. Hot Pants. Hot well, Pants. Uh, Dacre Montgomery? Dacre, yeah. What about Dacre? Give no, him a beard? he's... No. No. I mean... I wish there was an app you could mm. just do, like, th- who does this guy look like? Yeah. So does every casting director in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, maybe, dear dear reader, Ooh, you I, tell oh, us. Oh, oh, oh. Who? Finn Wittrock. Oh, oh Finn would be great. Finn I just would be see great. the picture behind. Finn would be great. So. Absolutely right. right. Yeah. Wait, Finn. I have a picture of Finn Wolfhard in the office behind me? No, no Finn, Finn Wittrock. Oh, Wittrock. Okay, Finn yes. Wolfhard is a child. Is a child, yes. yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, I love how Tim pretends there are pictures of Finn Wittrock all over Tim's office. Okay, well, people don't need He's to He's a huge stan of Finn Wittrock. He's Finn a great actor. Like... He's a really Particularly from his Dandy Mott phase of American Horror oh, Story, okay. covered in blood and in tidy whities He's very talented. <laughs> that is true. Especially in Versace. He's heartbreaking in Versace, poor thing. Sorry, it's Versace. Versace. <laughs> Don't, and we end with an Italian accent. Gianni. My Gianni. brother Gianni. <laughs> wow. Um, Arrivederci, everyone. Donatella. Auf Wiedersehen. What do I say? You, say. you, you took my language. Um, say goodbye in Spanish. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs>